The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. We're so self-important. So self-important. Everybody's going to save something now. Oh, save the trees, save the bees, save the whales, save those snails. And the greatest arrogance of all, save the planet. What? Are these fucking people kidding me? Save the planet? We don't know how to take care of ourselves yet. We haven't learned how to help one another. We're going to save the fucking planet? I am getting tired of that shit. I'm tired of fucking Earth Day. I'm tired of these fucking self-righteous environmentalists. I'm tired of these white, liberal, bourgeois, liberal, white people who think the only thing wrong with this planet is there aren't enough bicycle paths trying to make the world safe and clean for their Volvos. And I'm really sick, really sick of these rock stars and movie stars gonna work off their cocaine guilt by saving a forest somewhere. Besides, besides, there's nothing, besides, the, first of all, the environmentalists don't give a shit about the planet. They don't care about the planet. Not in the abstract, they don't. You know what they're interested in? A clean place to live. Their own habitat. They're worried that someday in the future they might be personally inconvenienced. Narrow, unenlightened self-interest doesn't impress me. Besides, there's nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are fucked. This is your United States of America. This is Hitting the Marks, a podcast that's got topics for days, and it'll leave you in a haze. Hosted by two mother that like to talk about everything. News, sports, politics, pro wrestling, people jumping off buildings, taco shops, top ten lists, and more. It's got one guy who likes to get high on a lot of grass, and the other guy who got shot in the ass. And now, here's your host of the Hitting the Marks podcast, Jargo and R. It is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021, and you are listening to Hitting the Marks with Jargo and RBB, presented by the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com, maybe, and absolutely Group.podbean.com as well as the Patreon. You can find all of the, the Hameen Media Group shows over there. I am the aforementioned Dr. Jargo. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who's still writing the open in his head. He is the real RBV. Rick, welcome to the Earth Day special. Yes, yes, yes. The R to the B to the V, Richard Bronson Vickery. And all I got to say is screw Earth Day for, for taking away so much of what I love. And I got to say, even if Mother Nature was a waitress at a Waffle House, I still wouldn't fuck her. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. You you absolutely would fuck Mother Nature. You absolutely would. You horny, horny bastard, you. No, you know what? I, I'm drawing the line in the sand. As I said yesterday uh, on the two-man power trip empire, as you and I were sitting down for part two of who truly is Mr. WrestleMania. Mr. WrestleMania, will you please stand up? How great you know, I, is that I, show? But, hey, I, I love it. That, you know, out of the little mini projects we've done, it's probably one of my favorite. But hey, I, I, I told you, for for the sake of of sakes, I would have slept with China. 
Uh, I would sleep with anyone, almost anyone on the roster just to say that I did it. Well, now, now I'm, let's, I'm drawing the line here. I'm drawing the line. Let's let's put in context. Uh, Mother here. Earth, Mother Nature, whatever. Uh, I'm done with you. I'm done with you for what you have done to what I ultimately cherish in my life. And that is ruining the the, the incredible flavors that used to be of fast food. I, I want my styrofoam containers back. Oh, I don't know God, what it no. was. You know, freshly prepared, off that grill, packed together, however you're going to stack it between those buns. You, you put it in that styrofoam container. It, it just it just concealed the deliciousness in there. It, it was at a whole new level back then. And, and now we've got this biodegradable bullshit that sucks the flavor right out of the food and, and right back into the ground. Absolute garbage. Yeah, I should have had MSG send me over the uh, the the South Park clip. It's all about your tree hugging hippie crap, <laughs> right? Like, because I mean, that's very much how I feel about Earth Day. However, you know, if we're talking about lines in the sand, I I, I you, you've done crossed it, Huckleberry. You've done crossed. It. I draw the line at polystyrofoam. Polystyrofoam is the freaking devil. I, I like. I there is nothing that annoys me more. Then when I get something new from, you know, the mail, whether it be Amazon, somebody else delivering something, because we do a lot of delivery around here now, because mostly because I can't fucking stand people, right? But nothing annoys me more than polystyrofoam. And you know what's even worse than polystyrofoam now? As we're going through and we're packing up the house, we're getting ready to move, we're going we're gonna to shut down the locker room studios, open up the 203. Dude. As I'm repacking a bunch of this shit, Carly saved the polystyrofoam. So now I'm using twice used polystyrofoam, which that shit gets everywhere even worse than the first use polystyrofoam because it's been sitting in a box for like five fucking years and now it's stale polystyrofoam. That shit gets everywhere, dude. Uh, see, we're talking about two different, two different styles of it here. No, that's why I specified polystyrofoam. Polystyrofoam. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, I, I the they food, weren't shipping your food, food in polystyrofoam. Well, yes. I don't know, man. They're in Ohio. You all got some weird shit going on out there in Ohio. What you, you're talking about here with, with Earth Day. Uh, so the, the big middle finger has really got to go to Gaylord Nelson. Gaylord Nelson. No, I mean, dude, with a name like that. I mean, yeah, how? This is, this is the senator uh, back in the day. I guess this this movement here. What state was he from? Does it say? Uh, I don't know that here, but uh, back in in the spring of 1970, Senator Gaylord Nelson created Earth Day as a way to force the issue onto onto national agendas. He was from Wisconsin. Of course, he was from Wisconsin. I'll bet you anything. He lived in the Sheboygan area. You ever been to Sheboygan, Wisconsin? Terrible people. Terrible. Terrible people. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, one of the the non-American heroes. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put him right up there with Benedict Arnold. You know what, dude? Okay, you, you, I guess this is where we're gonna start today. Is we're talking about non-American heroes. Your weekend update brought to you by our friends over at JustCBDStore.com. Use our promo code HTM twenty percent off. Of course, the entire show has kind of become the week weekend update at this point, and we might as well just call it. <laughs> Hitting the March, presented by JustCBDStore.com, right? Um, I've been reading a book that I didn't think I was going to like that I've absolutely loved. Um, and, and I say that because it, it, it was written by Bill O'Reilly, right? And I didn't think that I would like this book because I figured, like, this would be, like, Shill O'Reilly shill. 
if there was ever a Bill O'Reilly book, because it is about defeating the Japanese in World War II, the entire book. It's called uh, uh, Killing the Rising Sun, right? Dude, this book is certainly not a piece of American rah-rah America fuck yeah kind of propaganda. Like, he is really getting into the levels of fuckosity of the things that we did over to the Japanese. It's fucking crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Like, and, and I have a newfound respect for Harry S. Truman, which I never thought that I would ever say. But when you look at the timeline of when Truman took over as president, he were like, um, number one, he had only met FDR twice. He was his vice president. Wow, really? He had only met the man twice. And then he gets. Is this still is was that still when they had the separate vote, or was this when you had to announce your running mate? No, no, you had to announce your running mate. The problem was that like, was yeah, that was long before that. That was that, that was like at like the sixth president when they changed that. F, FDR, of course, was elected to four different terms, and he had multiple vice presidents because things would happen, right? Um, so Truman gets forced onto this ticket like last minute. He had only met. FDR twice, Eleanor Roosevelt did not like Truman whatsoever. Truman gets called to the White House and is basically informed FDR is dead. You are now the president of the United States of America. And like within the next week, we are going to drop bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <laughs> Here's the game plan. Yeah, right? I mean, just it's absolutely freaking insane. Like I, I, I have a new kind of respect for Harry Truman that I, I just... I knew the timeline of events. I just didn't realize it was such a small timeline of events. Like, congratulations. We're about to, uh, you know, completely change the entire face of the freaking world right now. And war will never be the same. Yeah, now, now, inside this book, what's interesting to me, you're, you're talking about, you know, to to the victor. You know, goes to spoil is you get to write history. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, we know. I mean, any any country is going to is going to do that. You're going to write a positive narrative. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the good old Joes, the American GIs that are you know there to protect the world and all that. But uh, of these atrocities that you'd mentioned, uh, is it anything so outlandish when when we really recognize that we're this is war? Well, I mean, you have to consider, like, at a certain point, FDR was literally locking up Asian Americans simply because their ancestors were Japanese. I mean, he was put, he was put he was putting Japanese in concentration camps simply because their grandparents were originally born in Japan. I, I understand that, but I mean, and now when you're using one of those scary buzzwords, concentration camp, immediately your minds go to what was happening in Germany, you know, in Europe with the Germans at that time. Well, it's not like it was Club Med. I understand that. But, I mean, it's not like we're systematically trying to eliminate these individuals from part of our society and, and ultimately the world here. I mean, you're you are seriously you're you're at a very pinnacle point in your country's history here. Uh, you know, we, we made it through that first world war. We, we saw I mean, we boomed coming out of that. Uh, we, you know, we're on cloud nine. Then we get that Great Depression. We're bouncing back. We find ourselves in the midst of another global conflict here. I think it's more about the realities of it. And I, you know, going back to even 9-11, you know, how many, how many people flipped out? Oh, you can't just you know, assume and accuse. I mean, that's really this this whole profiling thing got out of proportion. I, I'm sorry. That it to me, that's a legitimate, legitimate gameplay. 
you don't know what's going on. And then also inside, you know, it, and I just, just might be me buying into the American narrative, but I, I could see where it could be true where you get, we've seen public opinion today. We're seeing how crazy it is and what has just happened. You let these individuals go about, you know, the daily routine is a part of the society when we are, you know, what they did, did to us at Pearl Harbor, it, we're getting, we're hearing about the deaths happening overseas to our boys, our soldiers, men, women, all color, our citizens. What do you think is going to happen in the streets to those families if they're left unprotected? Why is it? And I guess maybe I notice this more now with justice, especially being an eighth grader and her being at home for classes on doing everything virtual right why is it when we talk about world war ii it's all about bashing the nazis and hitler and what happened in the european theater and we don't talk a whole lot about the pacific is is there any kind of a reason for that i think it's is it the the, the sex appeal with it i, I mean that's the, what I, i'm not sure i'm not sure because i mean the Germans caved way before the Japanese. Oh, and you know, a lot of people, that's what they, they kind of recognize. Oh, when the Germans fell, this thing's over with. No, we continued fighting on here while the while Europe and the rest of the world was trying to pick up the, the shambles that they were left in. Absolutely. We, we still had a war on our hands. Absolutely. Uh, the Japanese were still going, you know, they were ready for a bitter fight with us. This thing was going to go down to the very end uh, just because Germany had folded. They were not giving up against us. And again, it speaks to the necessity of the use of those bombs, something so extreme. Well, the the thing that I have come to learn that I guess I, I didn't necessarily realize is the thing about the bombs was it wasn't even necessarily about Japan. Like everybody knew that the, the war in Japan was basically over. This was the United States basically flexing their big dick because they wanted to play with their new toys. Right. That, that's why Hiroshima and Nagasaki uh, it, were specifically picked because they had not been war torn cities. There wasn't a whole lot of damage to the cities. So we wanted to, you know, basically drop bombs on fresh cities to see how much damage they would do. But what it was really about was showing Stalin, hey, you are not the person in charge around here. Because there was a real issue going on, and that was probably Japan's biggest problem. They were friends with the Russians, and they thought that the Russians would broker peace between the United States and Japan, regardless of what Japan was doing. They just kind of had to hold on. The problem was Stalin was going to fuck the Japanese over and stab them in the back because they wanted Manchuria back. Like that That's what was actually going on. The Japanese thought they were friends with the Russians, and the Russians were like, oh, yes, comrade, we're yeah. friends until we're not friends anymore. Well, it, you know what? That's on the Japanese. I mean, it, it even, really is. It, well, you know, you specifically, look, you look the, it's on the Japanese government. And yes, that's one they, thing I always thought was interesting is the Japanese people feel very differently about that war than you would think that they would. But well, real quick, I, I do want to talk about the people of Japan and, and what what they were made to believe through their agendas, through their manipulated media at that time. But hell, I mean, you look at the allies. Yeah. Hey, hey, we knew. Europe knew. Stalin's not to be trusted here. Well, no, we did not know that. 
That's, nah, that, yeah, no, that, was, that's the fucked up part, man. FDR was close with Stalin. Like everything between FDR and Stalin was great. And then Truman came into office and Truman didn't trust Stalin any farther than he could throw him. That was the I, big I, rift between I, the U.S. and Russia. I don't think I don't think there ever was really that that firm belief that they could trust one another. It was just to make a wrestling reference. Workers are going to work each other. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what the play was. And then when you have the switch of power, that new new leadership didn't know how to play that game. Uh, you look at Churchill, he knew how to play that game with him. Well, and is, is, is that why we don't talk about the, the horrible things that Stalin did? Like, because we were kind of in bed with Stalin until Truman took over. Like, is that why we like Hitler? Very, very bad. And oh, yeah. And there was that Stalin guy, too. Like Stalin did things that were just absolutely freaking horrific, man. But we don't talk about him in the same way that we talk about Hitler. It's, to, it's weird. To the victor go the spoils. Yeah. You're, you're going to write the narrative. It's it's your history to write. Uh, but you talk about those Japanese people. I mean, they were they were in such fear of the GIs, of, you know, the Americans. I, you go watch some of that actual footage there when our troops are coming in and you see their citizens just killing themselves to avoid the horrors and torture that are going to come at the hands of these American soldiers. Man, you might say, God, there's so many segues coming out of this conversation. It's weird. I didn't think I'd be talking about World War II today. Um, Seppuku, are are you familiar with the practice of seppuku? I I think it's very fitting we're talking World War II because it almost destroyed the Earth on on Earth Earth Day. Day. Right? Are are, are you familiar with seppuku? Uh, A little bit. It's a a type of suicide where basically, you know, the Japanese samurai would stab themselves in the stomach and then tear their stomach open and let their intestines and everything fall out. Absolutely brutal, horrific. Like, why? I I, I knew it was one of the terms in in their, you know, the, the right of, you know, you're better off doing it yourself. Take your own before giving your life to the, the, the hands of your enemy. And the reason for it, which I never knew until last week, I, I think it was, um, they believe that the soul resided in the abdomen. So that was their way of freeing their soul. Like it, it was like, okay, see, I didn't know that. Okay. I just knew the act. I wasn't really completely sure like, of so why like this, this terrible, brutal, agonizing act seems so much different. Like they're trying to, that I'm going to free my own soul. Like you're not going to take me out. I, I, I will release my soul. And it was like, damn, like it takes on a whole different kind of meaning now. Now. Okay. In. It, you're looking at that historical practice, that, that part of their culture for, and now, I mean, they're prominently an atheist society, correct? Well, or is it Buddhist. Okay. So, so that's where it's stemming from there. See, that's what you, that's why you're the expert there on Eastern culture. Man, I have been reading all kinds of books about Bushido and samurai and Buddhism and just Going down the rabbit hole, man. Like, there's just some fascinating things. There's a new documentary on Netflix, I think it is, called Samurai Battle for Japan. And they go back to, like, the 1500s with, like, Nabunaga and the the samurai overlords taking over the country and trying to unify Japan and just crazy stuff. Now, now in today, in the current landscape, environment of Japan, are are they experienced experiencing that that turn away from tradition 
that trends away from tradition that we are here in America, where you don't see that, that good old Uncle Sam, that, that patriotism. I mean, you go, you look at those wars there. I mean, it's an entire, it's entire countries, you know, the entire country, we are going directive. You might not be over there on the front lines. You not, might not be overseas, but we are all guns go even at home. I mean, we're flipping whatever factory, unless you are a necessity for what is needed here at home, you're, you're producing war material. I mean, it, it is everybody we're, we're in support of this thing. Then you start to see that thing turn sixties here. Yeah. Korea, you know, the, the conflicts of things with that Vietnam, Vietnam. And you see kind of a turn in resentment towards our soldiers. So over, over there, how is that feel? I mean, is there still that, because you look at the Japanese then, uh, you, you know, it is, you know, take, take yourself free your own soul before it is taken by someone else. But I mean, just look, I mean, you look at the mindset of Pearl Harbor, the kamikaze pilots. Yeah. Yeah. Kamikazes, and they they had uh, kamikaze submarines too, which is pretty freaking cool. I didn't know that until last night. Um, I I think we've talked about it on the show before, uh, but one of the most moving things that I've ever experienced, uh, and it was simply incredible, was going to visit Pearl Harbor. I bet. And before you actually enter the grounds, as you're there at the gate and you're getting ready to make your way, you you go into a little bit of a. Uh, a theater, like one of those like musical, like the half theater where you got like the dome sort of mm-hmm. thing there. So you're sitting there and they play a video for you on this screen that says, you know, you need to realize where you where wherever you're visiting from in this world, right? Your experience here could greatly differ, differ from the individual sitting next to you in front of you behind you, because what happened here is means so many different things to so many different cultures. You and you actually—I've seen this firsthand. There, you have Jap—you know, people of Japanese descent. I mean, it is a kind of a celebration for them. It was a great victory, an honor for their military. You know, we 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 write it as you know, outside of maybe nine eleven, the most villainous act day that will limp and infamy. that was ever yeah that's ever been portrayed against us. It's it's interesting because and. and Here's a fun story from my grandpa, right? Uh, grandpa served in the Korean War, but was stationed in Japan. And he worked for a division of the army that was known as Security Service. And what they would do is they were copying the Korean code and then relaying it to the Americans, kind of what the plan was, what's going on. But so he was stationed in Japan. And they had a translator for his outfit there who was Japanese and was the only surviving member of her family from Nagasaki. And Grandpa never understood how she really felt about the American soldiers, but her line of thinking, and we have seen this play out over the course of the last year and a half, Japan was never locked down and people want to know why was Japan never locked down because the government cannot lock down the Japanese people because after world war two, the events that happened in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, when the new constitution was drafted, that is actually in there because the Japanese people blamed the Japanese government for that happening 
they did not blame the Americans. I mean, this girl was in high school. Her brother was in elementary school. Her parents were at home. So the sirens go off and they send everybody home to be with the families, right? The bomb goes off while both her and her brother are halfway home. She survived. Her mother and father at home were gone, as were her brother. And she blamed the Japanese government for that, which is why she became a translator for the Americans. I mean, now in that mindset, you know, the the Japanese people don't trust their fucking government. That's what it is. Americans are taught, trust your government, whatever the government tells you, that's the absolute honest to God truth. And we are going to propagandize the shit out of it. And I feel like that's one of the fundamental differences between the two cultures. I, I, that's almost a perfect transition. I mean, we're, we're talking about war. I know we're going to talk about the war that's happening right now on our own soil. And one of those major enemies is our own government and the politicians that make that up. I would say it's one of the biggest ones. And I feel like that is one of the biggest divisions inside of this country are people that just blindly trust whatever the government tells them. And then there's other people that are like, no, 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 wait a minute. I mean, you, we started the show off with a, a clip of George Carlin. George Carlin also you know, very notoriously did not trust his government. And he said it was because I have this moronic thing I do. It's called thinking. Don't trust my government. Yeah. You know, and, and the more and more I learn, even in a historical context, like we did not have to drop those bombs. The fucking war was over. But in a weird way, it's a good thing that we did because otherwise they were going to invade Japan and that would have been very, very bad. And then we would have went to war with Russia, which also would have been very, very bad. So then maybe, you know, in that in that perspective, you need to you needed to do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, Truman didn't have enough information to actually, you know make that decision because he became president and they were like, Oh yeah, by the way, you want to sign this order? You know, just crazy, crazy situation. Yeah. So let's, uh, now, now that we're like halfway through the show, um, let's talk about what's going on here because there is some crazy, crazy shit going on here, man. Of course we, 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 the, earlier this week we had the, conviction of Derek Chauvin up in Minneapolis and the, the, I guess we can officially say now murder of George Floyd. Um, I, I was a little surprised that this went down the way that it did, but I was not either. Uh, when 10 and a half hours of deliberation, like that, that verdict was coming back one way when it was only 10 and a half hours. Did you, did you have any kind of well, actually, inkling, you know, uh, actually, you know, I went back and listened to the episode that we did just prior to the trial starting. Mm -hmm. And I think we released that like the day before that the trial had started. A and you and I both were in agreement. We, knowing what we know, studying the legal system, we just weren't, we weren't convinced that those charges, what they were ultimately looking for, were going to be able to stick. Right. And, and granted, it, I'll admit, you know, we, we got that call wrong, but we were under the assumption that this was going to be run as 
the system is run. Right. Uh, you're going to have to either going to go by legitimate, you know, proof, sources, testimonies, usually what we see from our system. Now, watching nearly day in and day out, sometimes I watch quite a bit, sometimes just a little slice because it was all I could take with it. Uh, but you would see you could, very early on, you could tell what was happening inside of this trial. And from day one, this wasn't about uh, African-American losing a life. This wasn't about a police officer crossing a line. This wasn't about upholding the traditions and styles of our justice system. This was a, a power play and continued move via political agendas and manipulative media to flex a muscle and show that they themselves can ultimately control a narrative inside of America right now. So they, they have already infected. I mean, you look at this here, politics itself, uh, it, the media, an election. Now we've got it into the system. Uh, our educational channels. They, they have used fear tactics in mongling. You're talking about you know, the Japanese, that they can't be locked down. Look what they just did to us. And you can and you continue to see throughout this thing is discussions across social media, whatever platform that might be, whatever circle bubble you check in on. People are still so occupied and bickering about simply what's on the surface. There's a lot bigger issues in this country right now than, than minorities versus authorities. But that's what they want to. They, they don't want you to go any deeper than that. You're only skimming the top of the water. I, I'm not trying to dismiss that as an issue. But if you go deeper and you see a true core and you see who's driving this BS, we eliminate that enemy. You take care of that problem. And then you can blossom out and begin fixing these cancers that they have spread. There are so many problems with this trial and there are, I, I have so many issues with the actual trial itself. Um, number one, I feel like this thing should have been thrown out. I, I, I feel like the judge should have declared a mistrial I, with the whole Maxine. I, I am thing. shocked. I am completely shocked that they did not. It, it, to me, that's them seeing what, what can we get away with here? Can we flex that muscle? There, there is no way. And believe, I don't know a lot of people immediately because they cannot get over that this is a, a race and authority issue. It's absolutely not. I am not sitting here saying either way if I believe or disagree with that verdict. That's I, take that off the off the fucking table. Let's talk about the real issue. What happened there? You're right, Jargo. I, I'm absolutely shocked that this thing wasn't thrown out because of the behavior of I don't even want to call her a woman or an individual. Unfortunately, she's Congresswoman. That's the freaking problem. Um, and, and there were a couple other Congresswomen that were making uh, s some headlines as well in the respect that, you know, they can't be bothered to, uh, you know, actually go to Washington, D.C. to perform their, their actual duties 
but because you know global pandemic but they can go and meet with protesters and and whatnot you know in the streets of minneapolis that's no worries there um i am floored that the judge did not just throw this thing out that's number one number two regardless i don't understand he's found guilty by a jury of his peers on all three counts why are we waiting eight weeks for sentencing eight weeks for what 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 the hell are we waiting for i, I say what i mean you decide immediately if there's grounds for an appeal you have what maybe and, uh, and clearly you, there is the judge even said thanks to maxine waters she just handed you grounds for an appeal yeah so what are but, we waiting why, eight fucking weeks but, for but what do you need like, that's what i'm saying there again what do you need why do you need that much time to compile your your really your new evidence, your new trial? You don't need that long. What well, two weeks tops? Well, right? and, and here's the thing: they can't even appeal until after sentencing. So it's not like we're waiting for the appeal for the sentencing. They can't even file a fucking appeal until after sentencing. We're gonna wait two fucking months for sentencing. Also, the defense can turn around within the next 24 hours, file an appeal, and here we are, you know, 10 weeks from now, waiting for a new court date, which might be another four fucking months down the line. If you're lucky. I mean, we we might be sitting in the same exact position, having the same exact conversation a year from now. For what? For what? What is the fucking point? Why didn't the judge just throw this goddamn case out, declare it a mistrial, which in my mind is what he should have done. We could be seating a new fucking jury by now and getting this shit rolling. Why? What what is the point other than fucking television ratings? What is the goddamn point? Uh, absolutely, you're exactly right. I I can't really add any more to what you're saying there, Jargo. This once again, this is a manipulative strategy for them to play their their stupid ass cat and mouse games. And again, and, and what you're what are you going to get over this time period? Not just this eight weeks, Jargo. As you said, we could be a whole year out. Yeah, and, and that's 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 one more year to spread fear and to spread anger. And in the meantime, we have situations like what happened with Dante, right? We have situations like what happened in your backyard there in Columbus, Ohio, that now everybody is talking about. And in the meantime, we have 177 people dead in Chicago this year from gun violence. Nobody gives a fuck about them unless they were shot by a cop. Like, what are we doing? What is, like, we, we used to talk about this with WWE all the time, right? And one of my biggest issues with WWE was, what is your narrative? Establish your narrative, stick to your narrative. Rick, even in this country right now, there are so many narratives that nobody even knows what the fuck is going on. The, the situation in Ohio, in particular, people freaking out about this. Another black woman shot down, gunned down by a cop. If he didn't shoot her, she was clearly going to stab the other woman. Like, what are we doing right now? Why are we pretending like Dante Wright didn't have a gun? There was 0.8 seconds, eight 
tenths of a second for that police officer to decide what the fuck to do. We've been sitting here talking about it for a week and a half since then. Watching everything in slow motion. You can clearly see him drop the gun. Eight tenths of a second. Yeah, Eight you don't know tenths of yeah. a second. You, you get... You get eight. And a lot of this coming, you know, it really got me in the full trial is that they're using so much of this amateur footage and you're getting cuts of certain things. You're not getting a grand scope here. Again, this, I'm not saying either way inside this case. I, I cannot but, render a judgment in this case because I didn't watch it. I had no desire to watch it because I knew no matter how you sliced it and it, people can bitch moan, complain about it all they want to. There's no way that man's getting a fair trial. Anywhere in this country, probably not anywhere in the world, is Derek Chauvin going to get a fair trial. But especially well, not in freaking Minneapolis. And, and, and at this point, Chauvin's not, Chauvin just wasn't on trial for his own actions. And you can actually go, and, and you, you regularly see this from the people that are in support of, of the blue. I, I do support the blue, many great friends there. But, you know, like, uh, I got it where you used to work with, with my dad on the railroad. So when you, when you look at those pe you know, people in uniform, uh, it would be military, police, medical, that immediately, you know, we've been taught that that demands respect. Yep. And he came from the military. I can't remember his name, but he came from the military and he said, always remember, he said, you know, not everybody in the military is a hero and a good guy. That's why we have military prisons. Right. And that same thing it can is held true for the people in the blue. You know, not every cop is a good cop. I don't think anyone's trying to pretend that, that, that that's the case. And I think it's completely wrong that we're trying to vilify an entire group for a very small little portion. But yeah, you can go look at Chauvin and he had a rap sheet. I mean, he's got, there was a number of complaints against him. And I, and you know, those that are supporting the blue, they're looking over and you look at Floyd and, and, you know, you, you see the left media trying to paint this picture here of, Oh, you know, he, Oh, that's all in the past. You know, he's getting his life straight. You know, things are looking up for him. He just found himself in this unfortunate position here. No, I mean, there's still the other facts that he was whacked out of his freaking mind. He, he was in a compromised spot and then everything just spiraled out of control for both sides here. But, you know, Chavin, he's not just, he wasn't just on trial for himself here. He was, he was, you know, it, it was representing every black man that, that has been killed by a cop. Right or wrong, because that's how it was presented. Uh, as I said, I watched a lot of this thing. And every time, I just could not believe it looked like a wrestling show. Because it was an absolute circus how they were letting this thing get away from what the system should represent. What The, the one thing that I did pay attention to in like reading through some transcripts and, and reading through testimony, I didn't watch any of it. I, I just tried to keep up through documentation. Um, and the one thing that really stood out to me is neither side, the defense or the prosecution, made this about race. This was not about systemic racism in any way, shape or form. This was about a corrupt cop and possibly a corrupt police department. At no point did I see any evidence that Derek Chauvin was a white supremacist at no point did i i see that he was a member of the ku klux klan at no point did i see that george floyd was targeted because he was an african-american yet that's what the entire narrative is about but it was not even mentioned during the trial well they, they, for the most part they leave it out of the, the courtroom there are a few spots here and there 
where they were, you could tell they were trying to to lean in that direction. But then again, this is where you have politicians and manipulated media who are just going, you know, creating this stir of absolute insanity, pushing that agenda again. The thing I thought was the most insane was after the trial, they had a interview um, with the entire uh, prosecution team where, you know, the, the state AG comes out and he gives a speech and then he hands it off to somebody else who comes up and gives a speech, who hands it off to somebody else who comes up and gives a speech. And I was like, oh, my God, this is literally like what happens when you win the World Series. Like, like first they, they got to interview the manager and then they got to interview the starting pitcher. They got to interview, you know, the guy who was hitting in the, in the, in the three hole. It's didn't insane. Biden even, didn't Biden, Biden even call him? Yeah. I mean, it, it was fucking insane. <laughs> Triple H send a replica title. I mean, it, that was very much the way that it presented. Like they just won the world championship. I was like, wait, what, what, what is going on right now? I, I, I've never seen that for any trial ever, ever. Just insane, man. Just insane. Because they made an absolute circus of this thing. And I, I just, you know, at the end of the day, did America win anything? Well, and did, did any, did any group, I mean, if you go really beyond this and I've seen, you know, I've seen people that are condemning this thing. I've seen people that are celebrating this thing. I put, I posted this to social media on my page. I said, I see people celebrating. I see people condemning this. What I do not see is people talking about how we go forward. How do we build bridges? How do we make sure that we're not in this, in this position five, 10 years from now? Do, do we really understand what's going on? Simple questions there. And you know what? Almost 71 comments right now replies on this thing. Maybe two people want, wanting to talk about real solutions and talk about the, what really happened here. Everyone else going back and forth, bickering, comply, stay alive. You know, police need to stop killing innocent people. They can't get over themselves. They can't get over this BS agenda that's been pushed on them. You know, in that that one is the one that really irritates the shit out. Like, I have a few, like, just pet peeves that, like, somebody will say it, and I'm just like, but, but you're an idiot as soon as you make that statement, right? Like, one of them is the war in Afghanistan. That is one of my pet fucking peeves. You know why? Because Congress hasn't declared war since 1940 fucking two. They didn't say our war. It's just, it, but that just, it drives me insane. It's not a war. What happened in, in the Persian Gulf? Guess what? Wasn't a war. Vietnam, not a war. Korea, not a war. Conflicts, yes. Not a war. There, there, there is a huge difference in what, you can and what you cannot do during wartime versus a military conflict. There are very specific rules. The verbiage matters. Don't say we were at war when we weren't at fucking war. God, that drives me crazy. Absolutely. Number two, stop killing innocent black people. 
God fucking damn it. All right. You want to talk about the one in Columbus, Ohio, where she was trying to stab a bitch? You want to talk about you know, Dante Wright, who's running around with a gun at two o'clock in the morning when he's 13 years old? You, you want to talk about George Floyd, who's gacked out of his fucking mind? Like, these are not innocent people. These are people that are resisting arrest from police officers. And when you do that, the police officers are going to freak the fuck out. You know why? Because they're human. Adrenaline is a real fucking thing. Oh, they got to stay calm. They got to stay rational. Eight tenths of a second. You have to make that decision in eight tenths of a second. Come on. I will say, you know, on my list of those, those absolutely, I cannot stand most irritating responses or statements that I hear from individuals. And it comes from the right. I absolutely cannot stand that comply, stay alive. And it's coming from people that, that do not understand the position that some of these people that are in. Now, I, I'm not saying for, you know, the actual ones that are criminals that are involved in a criminal activity at the time of the incident yes th there have been some innocent ones there you know, absolutely but, there have been but when you but, group it all together it just dilutes the right. fucking there, there point is, there's no there's no blanket issue to there's no blanket answer to this thing you, you can't just cast your eyes over the whole situation you have to look at it individually so there's people that are like oh just comply stay alive no you, you don't understand that culture and ultimately you know that's not that's not a legal system that I really feel that's failed individuals. That is an education system that is, that is now instilled so much fear in individuals that they see that badge and it is the most bastardized, heinous representation of evil that has ever existed. Yep. That Again, that falls on an agenda in the education that falls on our politicians and our manipulated media that we have a great deal of our society that feels scared to death of that badge of any sort of authority. And I'm sure, you know, I was talking about earlier that I like, I got somewhere and you know, people, if you, if you're, especially if you go somewhere and you're not the norm, you feel that those eyes are on you. You know, I, I'm worried about of people now, of people of color, they're afraid of me simply because they think, oh, my God, he's one of those white guys. That's a middle-aged white guy. Probably loves Trump. He's probably got a gun somewhere on him. He's probably going to go outside and shoot me. No. And again, it goes to that core, that education system that is absolute garbage. I, when you were, you were talking about not trusting your government. And I think that, too, I mean, I don't think in every case – you just immediately shouldn't say, I don't trust that. Again, it's what we regularly talk about. Go educate yourself. Do right. your own research. Come to your own conclusion. What is best for you? Don't flip to whatever news media, manipulated media thing is. I mean, we're, we're not trying to tell people what to think on platforms like ours. We're trying to give you actual stats and facts and encourage you. Take what you can from this one. And go educate yourself. Find your own understanding. I do not care if people agree with me. I I just don't. My, Thank you. My goal is to at least get you to consider an opposite position than what you have considered. Because if you sit down and you think about an opposite position, suddenly you can have a conversation about it. 
and having a conversation, being able to understand what I what? know, right? What? Yeah. And unfortunately, that has become the problem. To me, like people want to talk about like the issues inside of the police department and even the issues inside of the culture. Like, let's just take this Dante Wright thing, right? So kid gets pulled over for expired tags and he has a couple of warrants. Cops try to take him into custody. He fights off the custody, gets in the car, runs away. Cop shoots him. The, we, the whole taser thing, completely irrelevant, right? And people are outraged by this. And I understand that. But the real question is, why do we have this situation, right? If you want to change the system, you have to understand the system, if you don't like the law that is already existing, whose fault is that? It's not the cop's fault for enforcing the law. That is the cop's job, right? It is not, you know, necessarily the fault of the person even breaking said law, if said law is stupid. So whose responsibility is it to make the laws. Oh, that's the fucking politicians. Why are we not talking about the fucking politicians? Why are we looking at the police department enforcing the fucked up laws that were put there by the politicians? And a lot of the politicians are career politicians who have been there for 40 or 50 fucking years. You want to get to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is the fucked up laws that are being enforced that were put there by the politicians, who, by the way, are the same people pouring the gasoline on the fire as a result of their stupid fucked up laws. Well, if, if you keep if you keep the dog chasing its tail, right? I mean, it's just you keep it in motion. Listen, I'm going to go a little bit further here. Uh, I mean, could this be, this is a, you know, a case pointed right to his politicians, but who puts them there? Right. Right. And, and why is that? We've got one happening here. Uh, our mayor is awful, right? Our mayor during the derecho, you know, the big storm that came and hit Cedar Rapids last year, his immediate response was, you know, well, my, my home is fucked up. So I'm going to go uh, to Dubuque about an hour and a half away and uh, shack up in a hotel while, you know, things get fixed. Really pissed a lot of people off. Right. So now there are several different candidates that are going to be running against Mayor Brad Hart to become the new mayor of Cedar Rapids. Brad Hart's out like that dude done fucked up. Right. But as so many people are coming out of the woodwork, the first question that I see asked of all of them when they declare their candidacy is, well, what party do you belong to? It doesn't fucking matter. It's city politics. As long as they have the best interest of the city at heart, who cares if there's an R next to their name or a D? 
Get your heads out of your asses. I, I, I wish I know it's completely impossible, but it's to me in the utopia, the perfect world. Eliminate you know, all you, political parties. Yes. Yes. You, you keep hearing this. We need more political parties. More, more. You know, it's like adding championships in professional wrestling. You, you dilute it. You make it more confusing and all around less meaningful. Yeah, I, I would love, love. Don't align yourself with the, with the with the jackass or the elephant, where that gives you some kind of sway of power and immediately earns you know people's trust and earns their backing, their support, their vote. No, throw that all out. Where do you individually stand on on these issues here on this ballot? On what should be important here? I mean, it's no secret here on the show or any other platform that I'm on. I, I, I'm more conservative. But you know what? Really, when you sit there and you break down everything that that party stands for, I probably really only invested like three or four right. of the few dozen things. Well, like Walter Mondale pa- passed away or since the, our last show, right? Former vice president of the country. Um, and, and even though he, he tried to run for president, but, you know, he was up against Ronald Reagan and Ronald Reagan just straight up owned his ass in the biggest landslide in American history. I don't think there was one single thing that Walter Mondale ever said that I agree with. Not one. There's, there, there is not one thing that that man ever said that I can, you know, be like, yep, I really liked that position of Mondale's, but I respected the man because I felt at the end of the day, whether I agreed with him or not, he had the best interest of the country at heart. I don't have to agree with you. Tulsi Gabbard is a great example. I, there's a lot of things I don't agree with Tulsi on. I would vote for her tomorrow because I believe that she has the best interest of the country at heart. Heart. We can talk about policy. We, we we can discuss issues. Do you have the best interest of the country at heart? And that to me is what is missing in the American political system at this point. Because everybody who does, they go to Washington for about four years and then they fucking leave because Washington is a cesspool that needs to be torn down, not granted fucking statehood. Hey, you know, in the concept of drain the swamp, I mean, it was great in principle. Uh, now, now it really takes an action here where you, you, you know, they twist it and turn it where, you know, it, and a lot of that was you, you have to ultimately vilify Trump in that case. And, you know, not, not trying to put Trump on a pedestal, plenty of flaws here, but then you vilify any of his followers there. I, I did have a story. I don't think I sent it to you. Something popped up here locally last night. And it's what you're talking about here, about immediately vilifying another side because you've got to take your stance. Nobody wanting to have a conversation. We have a local high school, King's High School here. They just had their prom and they crowned the the king and the queen mm-hmm. is two females. Uh, now, this is it's already happened. Uh, so the headline uh, outrage over this thing. You know, over this decision. So right there in that headline, right there in that headline, you're fear mongling. You're stirring that pot. So I go and actually read the article. I, that's, you know, that's one of those great analytics. I, I'd love to see, you know, at the actual, like your comments to clicks. You know? Yes. But so I actually go read this thing. 
And actually in reading it anyway. Okay. So nobody opposed this thing when it was on the ballot that the students voted for this thing. They won. They celebrated the moment. Then I guess at a later uh, school board meeting, you had a small handful of parents kind of express, you know, that's just not our, and it wasn't like they're over there. These are terrible people. You know, they should be locked away where they shouldn't be a part of society. They just said, you know, this is, you know, this isn't something that, that we want to practice or highlight in our beliefs. You know, to me, and, and my reply there was, I, I think this is another case of manipulative media stirring the pot. And I'm reading through these comments, and you people are an absolute joke on both sides of this. Yep. Because one, the school board made their decision. They're the ones in place. They're elected. So go by what, what you put them there for. Two, the students themselves, our own children gave them this honor, if you want to call that, whatever it is, you know, they, they named them the king and the queen. It's over with. Now, I, so, so if you go express that maybe you're not a fan of this thing, that's, that's great. That's your opinion. Okay. But we could talk about that going further about other things. I don't think you should be chastised. And that's what you're getting at. You're immediately vilified from either side. Right. Simply because you don't agree. Yep. Yep. And I saw this on a, a much grander scale. A uh, friend of mine had posted a meme that kind of rubbed me a, a little bit the wrong way. And it was about a, a Nazi rally that happened in Georgia in 2018, I believe it was. And the whole thing was, you know, blow the whistle. Why didn't somebody blow the whistle on this? How was this allowed to happen? Well, as much as I hate to tell you, uh, they have the right to assemble just as much as you do. And uh, they, they have the right to the freedom of speech just as much as you do. And uh, somebody did blow the whistle, which is why there were 700 police called to supervise this rally in which roughly 25 people showed up to. Tax dollars at work, baby. You know what I mean? But it's why, why didn't somebody blow the whistle? They did. And, and this was the result. And and that's kind of where I'm at, you know, with this whole situation. Like, I heard people talking about the, the, the Chauvin verdict and how it didn't go far enough to address the systemic racism policies. And, and I'm like, you realize that this was a trial about Derek Chauvin, right? Like judges don't dictate policy from the bench. They judge the innocence or guilt of the defendant off of already existing said policies. Like that's literally their fucking job. The job is to interpret the law. Not right. To... Not, not dictate it. They're judges. Fucking people, man. And again, it's it, it's it, if you want to change the system, learn how the system works. You know, like it, it, that really comes in handy when you're trying to, you know, have a conversation. <laughs> you, you love it, too. You know, people just think that they have a great deal of power. But I mean, there's still provisions in place. Everyone just thinks, you know, a president waves a magic wand. <laughs> All this is going to. 
we, we, we've got one more thing that we've got to address on today's show before we get well, out of here. Say, so. I, I, say, I might have something for uh, for sports for you, but let's go. Well, well, well this is this is kind of in the world of sports, um, and, and clearly we have to solve this problem. Uh, I, as a Laker fan, you from yep, the great state of Ohio. I got it, it baby. It's going to be the same headline. Um, we got to do something about LeBron. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this guy doing, man? What in the fuck is this guy doing? Uh, in case you missed it, uh, after the shooting of, of the the girl who was trying to stab another girl in the great state of OHIO. That was in Columbus, right? Uh, yes. Uh, le- uh, the, the, the liberal heart of the heartland. Yes. Ohio. Um, and, and so then LeBron tweets out a picture of this cop with your next. Now, one of two things is true. Uh, LeBron is either trying to incite a freaking racial riot or uh, LeBron thinks that this cop and Goldberg should have a match in Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, we are the same. We are clicking today. I was just going to drop a Goldberg. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what the fuck is LeBron doing, man? Well, here we go again. Let's just let's remove. Let's just let's step away from the 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 content and look at the context. Why? Why the need? Why the need? I know I know LeBron has been on record that he he believes that he is in such a high profile position that individuals need to look to him for but he guidance. Ain't no more. He is not anymore because ever since the whole China thing happened with the general oh, no. manager of the Houston Rockets, like LeBron lost all credibility with a huge there, part of the base. But but of his what? 4.6 million followers, uh, you know, just on, on Twitter, whatever the case might be, might be more than like 49 million or something like that. But there's still a good deal of people that will look to him for that. And we'll see somebody on his, you know, on his level and say, oh, LeBron's. To me, the bigger issue is how fucking stupid is LeBron to make something like that, to put that out there. Why? It it, 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 it it this irritates me so much more than when, when The Rock did something. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't inciting hate. He wasn't, you know, looking towards riots or anything like that. But when Le, when The Rock came out, he disappointed me. When he came out and backed Biden, and not because I was against Biden or anything like that. I, you know, I, when I looked to somebody, I talk about building those bridges, looking for solutions. You know, I, I thought The Rock could have been one of those guys to say, you know what. Let's start talking about things. And I, and I want to be the guy that facilitates those conversations. People love The Rock. I mean, that would have been, that would have taken him to a whole new level. There was a, a recent Gallup poll that was done, and it was like 49% of people polled want Dwayne Johnson to run for president. Yeah, and 49% of the people in our country are idiots, apparently. But Well, I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. I'm really not. But, you know, I, I, I have this thing that I want to I want to get from Dwayne. Like, you know, like, what is your position on X? No, that's why he created the Young Rock. <laughs> you know, all the positions on that show. If, when you, if you can remember when it's on. But, but, it, but, all right, going, going back to this, LeBron. This is an opportunity for you to shine on all platforms in all spotlights. You know, to you use this 
right, you know, you don't don't even indicate a right or a wrong. So, you know, we just had this trial where so many African-Americans, so many minorities feel that a small piece of justice was served for those communities. But that is just a, a one small step forward. You know, now we need to start. How do we make that leap? Where the hell is that, LeBron? No, you, now you're now you're trying to, you know, promote and justify further violence. This is absolute BS. Uh, and then he, he quickly, quickly backtracks on that. For me, I the thing, and I, I've made this comment about so many different situations, and it, it is true of every situation. We cannot have a rational and logical conversation if you are just going to react with emotion. If you all you do is react to situations emotionally, you're never going to be able to sit down and have a rational conversation about real change in this country. And that's exactly what we saw with this entire situation in Columbus, Ohio, where the entire court of public opinion had already convicted this officer and we need to say her name and all this other shit before we ever saw the video of her trying to stab the other woman. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You're going to try to stab somebody in front of a police officer. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? And I'm not going to say her name because I'm not going to give her the fucking martyrdom. You know? This is a completely different situation. Even grouping that and the George Floyd thing together under one umbrella? You're diluting the fucking point. And this is why people turn against the entire fucking thing. Just stop. Wait for the actual information. Look at it objectively. And then we can have a conversation about it. But if you're just going to react emotionally to every fucking thing and then react instantly, you're never going to be able to have a rational conversation. Never. Never in the history of the world has anybody had a rational conversation while emotionally deterred whether it be sad pissed off super happy like no you have to be able to control your fucking emotions it's what separates us from the fucking animals right fuck Uh, right now i feel what america has taken away from this is good people are afraid to do what's right and bad people feel they don't have to be accountable yep Yep. That's pretty hey, but, much it. Uh, for LeBron James, head on over to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Ben Hameen and pick up your tweet, apologize, dive, repeat t shirt. I believe if you uh, enter code Spring Fling, you can even get like 20% nope. off. Nope. Today, uh, that Spring Fling is over. But today, well, by the time you hear this, if you have a time machine, you can go back to Earth Day. Oh, there you, you go. Get, you can't get 15% off by using promo code EarthDay21. EarthDay21. Shout out to Ryan and the team over at Pro Wrestling Tees. 
One of my favorite stores. God, I could spend so much money at fucking Pro Wrestling Tees. It's ridiculous, man. Just uh, actually, uh, Paz and I were uh, having a conversation earlier about getting uh, a store going there for the two-man power trip. So they had one before. They had a lot of luck because they didn't promote, so we were coming up with some some marketing plans there. But hey, uh, while we're talking about pro wrestling tees, make sure you're going across the board uh, and you're checking out all of our pro talent with the Hameen Media Group over there. We get, uh, You can go prowrestlingtees.com backslash any of these superstar silvio ben hameen stevie richards seg shirts that's for big sal greek god papadon and even dr beast dr beast love that guy love that guy man so uh i i guess uh, just talking about pause here for a second another plug uh we sat down with pause yesterday mr Re- who is mr wrestlemania part two Woo. man Dude, that show is so much fun. Uh, we've done a few of these little mini series events at this point. Uh, Running with the Bulls, still my favorite. Uh, our our little docu series about the Last Dance. I I thought we absolutely killed that one. Should have probably won an award for that. Oh wait, I did. Uh, but Rick, this who is Mister WrestleMania? This one's been a lot of fun too, man. Well, I think what's so dynamic. You know, immediately as fans, when you hear a question like that, you're, you're so quick to jump to, as you said, that emotion. Where that where is that emotion going to take you? Yep. you? You pull out that gun and you're so quick to fire. No pun intended is the conversation today. But <laughs> but what, what's so great about, you know, our conversation and, you know, you, you got the report between you and I. So we can go back. We, we kind of know who, what we're going to bring to the table. You're going to get that deep dive. You're going to get different perspectives. You're going to get that 360 walk, but then you add pause in there. I mean, who the guy is a, a living encyclopedia of professional wrestling and the people that he, that, you know, that he has within a text message way, a phone call way, the knowledge that he has been able to gather those learning trees to sit under all these years. I think just that the trio is a great dynamic. And the conversation really diving in and looking at from all these different directions, how you can look at the tail of the tape to who truly should be crowned Mr. WrestleMania. The first two episodes, great. The third one coming out, we're going to throw out some dark horses. And I think I know we're all going to be looking for, for some different angles to make a pitch for them. Uh, then we're gonna we're gonna come to we're gonna give our final verdicts about who we finally believe. I, I know you came in headstrong, Shawn Michaels. I, and I've heard there. nothing to change my mind. You're still there, but let me okay. With the other conversations, resumes. Did did you think that anyone would have been that close to Shawn Michaels? Uh, I don't feel like anybody is that close. Um, I, I I think Macho Macho Man has a great case, um, and, and I I really really do like Macho Man's case. The problem is, if it, it, Macho Man's case stacks up against the first career of Shawn Michaels, Macho Man's career stacks up against the second career of Shawn Michaels. But there's just not enough of Macho Man to make up for both careers of Shawn Michaels. I've got them neck and neck, and and Macho was the one going in. I really wanted to make that strong case for. And I think when people tune in, there's some good points there for Mach as we talk about the history that was made, the the trailblazer 
how he, you know, Absolutely. really set, set the tone for so much of what Shawn Michaels is able to do. That's their pause. Pause is that Hawkamaniac still to this day. It, you know, he's, he's fighting for, for the red and yellow. That's the 24 inch pythons. I think he's got some good, I think he's got some good points there. Uh, we also tremendous discussions about what I think was, a, was one of my favorite parts of the discussion was Bret Hart. Yep. And great points for the undertaker as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and to me, there are, there are different categories, right? Like, cause like, I, I, I'm not a Hulkamaniac in any way, shape or form, but even I can say, got to remove that emotion. When, when, when you look at like, who the, I'll talk the, on the show, it's all about emotion, but well, but I mean the, you can give Hulk Hogan credit for WrestleMania becoming WrestleMania. He may be the most important figure in the history of WrestleMania, but the most important and Mr. WrestleMania, two different things, two different things. You know, I, I, I can look at, you know, the, the, the greatest WrestleMania performer of all time, the undertaker clearly because it's all about the spectacle it's about the entrance i mean it's it's about the performance of the undertaker does that make him mr wrestlemania no no that makes well, him you know, th- it's, you know what i mean like i don't want i don't want to stooge off too much of the conversation but that's why i i kind of evolved undertaker into his own category yeah and well i well i i feel there's there's two of those guys undertaker and andre Andre, I feel like, well, is in that same category as as Undertaker would be, where he was just a spectacle in himself. I, I think, you know, that that's a whole different conversation there. When we talk about the success of WWE, WWF, WrestleMania, Hawkamania, uh, I think the foundation and a lot, you know, a lot of times, you know, the foundation is underground. People don't really recognize it. And none of that is without Andre. Right. Right. And. Even more important than Andre, Bobby Heenan. Hulkamania never even gets off the fucking ground if it's not for Bobby Heenan. Well, I, I was at a group the other day and they, they showed a poster. Bobby Heenan's the for, goat. Well, <laughs> I mean, really. Well, you go back though. I, I still put more importance on Andre. That's the spectacle. But you go back, you know, in these these group. This but what group was of fans. the feud? What was the feud? It wasn't so much about. Andre and Hogan. It was still about Heenan and Hogan. Heenan facilitated it, but that would yes. not have worked. It would not have worked with any other individual than Andre. No, no, I, it, I completely didn't work. agree with it, that. It didn't work. Well, because you got to make Hogan the underdog babyface fighting from underneath, and who you, you know, who the fuck you going to do that against? It, it didn't work at one when they went with the spectacle. It didn't work with two with Bundy. Nope. It, it took that special that special being in Andre. That's what it truly took. But yeah, the who facilitated it? Absolutely, Bobby. But you know, so I'm in this group, and all these people are they're kind of marking out. They're popping for. Oh, it's this is this is where modern wrestling began. The birth of Hakimini is a poster advertising Hogan and Sheik. And I just, I went in and I said, guys, I, I showed a video clip going back to the AWA. AWA I bet. said, man, Hulkamania was rocking long before Hogan's return to the, to the WWF. Yeah. Hey, you go and you listen to those AWA fans, especially that match where they did the dusty finish with Bachwinkle and, and who's there with Bachwinkle. Heenan. Yeah. 
every Hulk Hogan's entire career was built off of a feud with Bobby the Brain Heenan for 30 years. It was in some different in, in some different capacity. If it was opposing in a quarter, sending his big man, or just verbally blasting him from the booth. Yep. All the way to the NWO. People, I, I, it's one of my favorite calls there. Yep. Speak. I was on with pauses on Pro Wrestling 101. We were talking about uh, tricks of the trade and commentating. And, and I see, so, you know, a lot of people, oh, man, he gave away, gave it away. There was no better line if you knew your history and the Who rivalry between Heenan and Hogan, what was going to be delivered. Yep. And, and it was beautiful. But whose side is he on? Yep. Bobby Heenan was right. I've been telling you for years. What a he swan. is a snake. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and Corey Graves used to have that with Sasha Banks. Where like even when Sasha was a heel, Corey Graves still hated her. You know, I, I don't really know if that's still a thing or not, but it's it's it's, it's a it's a great little kind of subplot to anything that's going on. Good stuff. Anything else you wanted to talk about today, Huckleberry? You want to get out of here? We got we got anything else on uh, the table? I got nothing, man. Oh, well, I I guess tomorrow we should get some news. Uh, I guess we'll share a little of the uh, pull the curtain back a little bit. Not that I know a whole lot. I don't know if you do either. Uh, we should have some some news at least for us, and then begin sharing to the the great Hameen army about a new a new home base. Ooh, very cool. No, I don't know nothing uh, about this. If, if you will. I know Ben's been up to some big things since returning from vacation. He's had some big meetings that I've, that I've heard that he's talking to some people, and he just wants to, you know, Ben, he wants to have all those pillars in place, all the T's crossed, all the I's dotted before making a big announcement to everybody. But, you know, again, I, you know, the, the Hameen Media Group pod beam, we're still up and running. The Hacker Hameen shut down uh, the the – Payment was due two days ago, two, three days ago, 420. Uh, has not been renewed. So we are officially punched out, out. on Podbean. Uh, so there will be a new home. And I know he's looking at a number of avenues. I know you were involved in some of those conversations. If it be uh, you know our own internet radio, uh, maybe one of these underground kind of providers go behind a paywall. Which is hilarious. I guess pull back the curtain a little bit for people. Um, when it comes to anything having anything to do with business, you talk to Rick. Like, or, or you talk to Hami. Like, you don't talk to me about that. Like, if you want to talk about producing, you want to talk about content, you want to talk about anything creative, I will be more than happy. I will sit down. I will mentor you for the rest of your freaking life. Just ask MSG and Jimmy Chi, the GAG from down under, right? Like I, I, I am more than happy that to sit down and, and get, get you a great sounding setup. And like, we will go through everything. You want to talk business? You want to talk numbers? Any of that shit? Nope. Not me. Not well, me. Congratulations, so, congratulations number wise to the guys down under. I saw that they uh, scored top 10%. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, in their listening circle. I can only assume that's because I was on the show. I, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him that. He canceled on me twice. Uh, he probably could have been top five, maybe number one. GAG, Jimmy T, canceled. We just nah, we just had a hiccup in scheduling. Well, he's kind of a horse's ass, you know. I mean, because like he's on that Australian time, and he'll like go for like weeks without reading messages. 
How, how do people do that? If I have a notification on my phone, I'm, I'm so OCD about it. I have to clear it. I, I have to. I, I have to. I just need to know who it is and interact with them. I, 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 just, I, I can't have the little icon on there telling me. I, I'm kind of like that. A little. I just like no matter what, like today, I'm, I'm actually in the shower. Shampoo okay. still in my hair in. Wipe my eyes. Head out of the shower just to see where the message came from. It, it couldn't wait 30 seconds. One of the Could best things I seconds. did, man, I, I, I shut off all notifications. So, like, when it comes to, like, Facebook Messenger, unless I open it, I'm not getting the notification. Um, I have a couple of people that I have set to, like, alarm. So, like, when you send me a message, I'll, I'll actually get a notification. But... Just like the general public, yeah, no, I I, I don't get that. Um, Facebook notifications, turn them all off. Instagram, turn them all off. Twitter, turn them all off. It's it's just a, it's a toxic fucking environment. I go on, I post the top ten every day, and that's that's pretty much the uh, end of my social media interaction for the day. I'm just I'm fucking out. It's so toxic, man. And then there's stupid people like LeBron James tweeting out stupid bullshit that I just I don't want to fucking see it. Then on, on the other side of, of the uh, them HTM boys, you got me that is posting like seven things an hour. Yeah, I just I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just awful. Just awful. All right, man. Well, I guess that'll wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, then be on the lookout for the new drop from uh, the HMG, the Hami Media Group. New information. It'll be coming soon. Uh, of course, you can always find us over at HamiMediaGroup.Podbean.com, the affiliate channel. You can also find us, of course, at the HTM Podcast Network online, HittingTheMarks.com. Uh, Destino offline until after we, we get in all settled into the 203. And then uh, the conclusion will be coming your way as well. We're going to keep uh, HTM going as long as we possibly possibly can and then it, this has kind of been fun man because as i'm taking this break from destino and whatnot i've also kind of taken a little bit of a break from the road to dontaku just watching a whole bunch of stardom and whatnot and i keep getting asked to do other shows so that's been a whole lot of fun just kind of getting out and exposing myself to new audiences like doing turnbuckle rewind sitting down doing the thing with pause getting on the, you know the skirmish doing things with jimmy t the gag from down under you know so that's been a, a whole lot of fun too what do you got going on this week i was gonna say is i do want to you know talk about the podcasting and how we've evolved here at hitting the marks and we were kind of up in the air when you know yesterday was just we had to get in with pause get that out of the way uh we looked at this morning both just kind of tired maybe playing for saturday but you know, it, you know, it's become you know how we've evolved the show here in itself. You know, we got we're not obsessed with these detailed runs and, and what's happening. This has really become like I, probably like the most important what I need during the week, like that, that, that hour of that hour and a half of Zen. You know, right? Where you just you sit down with your best friend and you just shoot the shit. Like I always said, you know, last week the only thing we're missing is is a, is a pretty barmaid, couple stools, and some ice cold ones. Right, that, that's all we're really missing, uh, and and that's what we have every week. So I, I've, I've come to this is one of the, of the best parts of my week, absolutely. Uh, so absolutely love sitting here with you, Jarko. But you know, it, I was and then I, as I was sitting there reflecting about podcasting, all you know, just over the course of April, the amazing people I've I've been able to share the air with, right, and, and just sit and have these conversations. 
you know, it's Paz over there who we've developed this great rapport with. Uh, his, you know, his partner on the two-man power trip, we did a show with, with Chad. Rad Rob. Uh, Love Rad Rob. I thought, you know, one of, one of my favorite conversations from someone that we had just met there on the fly was Josh Ashcraft. Yeah. Monday in the locker room. Yeah, good you stuff. You know, one of, one of Ted's brothers from OVW. I mean, it was simply incredible. And then just, you know, our, our brothers at the Hami Media Group. Uh, this week, I've actually, I, I got to sat, and I sat and watched every one of our live shows. Top to bottom, incredible. And I can't put it over, if you go to the Hami Media Group YouTube page, you can find the full gauntlet of them. Uh, Big Ray and, and Ben had tremendous conversations on the Next Level podcast. And, and they were talking about the trial. And, and to see their hear their perspectives, their insight into this, and it, I, I love that they've they've kind of they're jumping into NXT, kind of not as as new fans to the that right. brand, right? So they're following. So it's cool to see their perspectives with Finn's knowledge, Ray's enthusiasm, his not absolute knowledge coming from that journalist side. They had that great show, like the fuse that I was telling you about awesome conversation always the wednesday locker rooms you still get their you still get their audio over on the patreon the the friday locker room today for ben to be back from vacation him and stevie sitting down i mean you absolutely cannot beat the content uh, the the camaraderie conversations and, and ultimately the, the the more you listen and i don't mean quantity but the more you really listen to what's being said the more you're going to learn and the more pissed off you get watching the content. Uh, I, I do want you to go. <laughs> but really, you, you can pick your poison on this one. I think probably the better one, you, you, maybe uh, because of the trial conversation, maybe the next level. But but Hanmin gets pretty hot this week on Japanese wrestling, on both Fight the Fuse and Next Level. Oh. And, 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 you, and your, your name is called out a few times. I'll, I'll, I'll set you up on this one. Next Level, he's pitching... WWE to pick off all the Japanese talent and start a, their own Japanese style brand. They tried and then, that. Hold on. He's got it all laid out here for you on this one. I'm just teasing you, so go listen to him. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it next week. And then outright on uh, in MSG. MSG's trying to, is, is coming to your defense. He, he's holding off Hameen the best he can on Light the Fuse. Uh, but Hameen is now convinced that WWE should just buy New Japan and flatten <laughs> those fuckers. Well, and I think it is great, though, because MSG, he, he, is, he is there swinging with everything he's got for Jargo. Man. He's trying to explain the traditions and the values, and you know Hameen ain't hearing any of Yeah, Hameen don't give a fuck. And you know what? Hameen is right. Because the, the way that Hameen looks at it is the same way that the American television audience looks at it. Um, and that is why a lot of the shit that AEW is doing doesn't work. You know? It, it, and you know what? You're right. I mean, it is. So many people want to make these. There's are two different entities here. The, the cultures are so different. It's, it's really okay. Baseball and football, they both are sports. <laughs> right. But they're nothing alike. Yeah. Except, except, well, I guess, except that they're a bunch of whiny bitches that think we care about what they say in other aspects of sports, but. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. 
All right. We will let everybody go. We will talk to you next week back here on Hitting the Marks. Yeah. I guess uh, for now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. See ya. Watch your fingers. Enable me. Don't give up.